Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, our personal Avri Psachim finale. Maseches Psachim finale. Daf Kufiyat Chesed, Maseches Psachim. Then we have Shabbos. We will begin with the Mishnah, the bottom of Kufiyat Zayin and Bez. The Then when you look at Kufiyat Chesed, it's going to look like Maseches Brachos. A lot of words, a lot of Agadita. But we start by pouring the third cup. Says the Mishnah. Madgulo Lishi. So again, as we had, we pour it for each other as we prepare for the Seder. In just a week from tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Madgulo Lishi. Mevarech al-mazono, so the third cup is on what? Birchas al-mazon. Good. Revi'i, then pour the fourth cup. Gomer al-lavis halal. In the fourth cup, we say halal over. The Omer al birchas hashir. He also says the bracha of shir, which the Gemara will discuss. What is this bracha of shir? Okay. Now, bein kosos halalu, in rotzer lishtos yishte. Between these kosos, which kosos? Well, it sounds like we're talking about the third and the fourth cup, but that would contradict the following line in the Mishnah, which says, bein shlishi lirvi, Lo yishne. Between third and fourth cup, you certainly can't drink at all. And so that is, in fact, our halacha, that we don't drink anything between third and fourth cup. There is a halachic discussion whether water, in other words, what is the reasoning for this? Is the reasoning because, so some assume that it's because you don't want to have too much wine in order to not be intoxicated. <coughs> and some will say that, all right, so, so, that, so that may be uh, some of the, um, that might be the issue. But be that as it may, there are those who say don't drink anything at all between the, the two cups. I used to give, there used to be a women's shear in Mape Chemesh on Shabbos. So one time I uh, read this, uh, this, this Sefer and it had a whole analysis um, tying together with the Maharal and um, I think it was called the Festivals in Time. And it had uh, tying in the, the Dalad Parshios leading up to Pesach with the Dalad Kosos. And now when you have the Dalad Parshios, you have to have Parshas Para next to Shabbos HaGadol, because that's a parallel halacha, you know. Parshas Parah and Shabbos HaGadol have to be uh, next to each other also. And so he was saying how Parah is when you have the humility, and then Shabbos HaGadol, you need to have that humility in order to uh, enter Shabbos HaGadol. And so similarly, in other words, and there can't be a half-sake between them. So uh, we're just saying this could be some symbolic meaning as well, that they infuse this uh, into this halacha, this very uh, interesting halacha of not being able to drink between the third and fourth coast. Be that as it may, what does the mission mean when it says, Bein kosos halalu im yishte, which coast is it referring to? So the Rishbam simply says that it's between the first set and the second set, the two zugos, if you will, between the shnaim rishonim and shnaim achronim. There, you can, in fact, drink. And then it's just a question of, so that's, that's during the meal, essentially, right? And so during the meal, right, before Bechas HaMazon, you get a lot of discussion of maybe you don't get as intoxicated if you drink during the meal, or maybe that means that you could drink during the meal, etc. So anyways, it, the Pashup shot is that it's talking about you can drink wa- more wine than just a Dalkosos during the meal. That's the Pashup shot. Okay. Why does the Mishnah formulate it like this? So then, again, I said, you, could, you might be able to look at, uh, at, at, at some of the symbolism as well if you... Uh, if you want to read it into it, or maybe it's just a halachic discussion. Be that as it may, we will continue with the Gemara now. Says the Gemara, Well, this entire thing makes it seem like you have to, whenever you make a berchas amazon, you have to do it al hakos, as we sometimes do, right? Uh, Simon Wolf bring, brings down all the halachas that some people do it only with a zimun, some people do it only on Shabbos, some people don't do it all. There are halachic sources that during the week it dafka shouldn't be al hakos the berchas amazon, um, and it is. Uh, if you look at Shacharach, you look at Mishnah Bura, um, it's certainly a defensible custom to do it um, when you have both conditions. When you have it on Shabbos with a Zimun, that would be a nice time to do it al-Hakos, uh, if you were so inclined, or some would say that it's, uh, that it's more than just an inclination, that's something you should do. And that is, that is what Rav Hanan said to Rav here. He says the fact that the, that the Mishnah is saying that you say, right, Mevarach al-Mazono, makes it sound like that's a general chiv every time you're making, uh, right, every time you're making a Bechas al-Mazon throughout the year. However, as we arrive, uh, as we read the last line over here, Amr right, but he answered him, 
the second to last line, Arbe Kasei Tikna Rabbanan Derech Eros, Kol Chad Bechad Navid Bei Mitzvah. Right? Rava's replies to Rav Hanan is as follows. That really, if you're looking at chicken and egg, it's not like we have birchas amazon, and therefore, like we would have had three cups. But now we have birchas amazon, so of course you have to have birchas amazon alakos, and that's how we arrive at four cups. No, it's the exact opposite way. We have a takana of four cups, of dalat kosos, and that is derecheros, and we can see how that would also, right, um, correspond to the four lashonas of Geula. And therefore, kochad bechad navid be mitzvah. That sounds the exact opposite, that with each one of the dalat kosos, we have to have uh, a mitzvah. And therefore, Right, we're going to attach one of the Dalat Kosos to the Birchas Amazon. So the first one, right, it's going to be the Kiddush, and then we're going to have the Magid, and then we're going to have the Birchas Amazon, and then we're going to have, right, the Halel. So that makes it sound the exact opposite of what Hanan assumed. That makes it sound like we're, we're trying to hop a rhyme and, and, and attach the, the Kos to some Bracha. But generally, we don't need, not on Yantiv or in general, we don't need to make this Bracha Al Hakos. So that's where you get into the halakhic discussion where, where the Birchas Amazon Al Hakos is necessary. The Havamin of Hanan is that it's necessary always. The Maskana of Rava is that you don't really need Birchas Hamazon Alakos, and we're only doing it in order to fulfill Dal Kosos, and then the Halacha falls out with different Minhagim everywhere in between, as far as whether Birchas Hamazon is done uh, Al Hakos in general. Um, and so that is the third cup. Now we get up to, on the last line of Kufi and Bez, the fourth cup, Ravi. So Omer Allah is Halav, Omer Allah Birchas Hashir. So what's this Halav and what's this Birchas Hashir? Now we've arrived at Kufi Bechas. Look at the size of that, Andrew. And, 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 and don't look now, but I'm amazed don't look any shorter. Let's see how far we get. It's, it's uh, a lot of the discussion of, of, the, uh, of Hallel and what the meanings are Hallel, a lot of a lot to look forward to here. So let's see. My Birch HaSashir. What do we mean when referring to Birch HaSashir? So that in itself is going to be Machlokas. Rabbi Yudam, Rabbi Yudam, which is Hallel. Rabbi Yudam, Nishmas Kolchai, which you might, right? Nishmas Kolchai is, you might recall from Yishtabach. And do you, you don't, don't look at your Haggadah now. Uh, because you're going to get Hamid on it, although by now you're probably Pesach thick. So you may as well, I'm sure most people's Haggadahs are already out. So at this point, if you look at the Haggadah, you'll notice, and you'll probably recall, that we say both Halal and Yishtabach. So <coughs> they're both, so it's just a question of which one is considered the Birch HaSashir, <coughs> the Bracha. So let's see. Let's talk more about the fourth cup, Tanar Rabbanon. Gomer Lav, Es Oh, you know what? Uh, we turn to Kufi Ches Amaral. I just do want to point out, Kufi Yudzayin Amabayiz, Ravi Gomer Lav Halal Gadol. Amazing, just the first uh, few lines of Tosfos. Okay, that's, that's, that's enough for now. <coughs> Just to give you a sense, a flavoring, okay? We could go back now to Kofi Ches. It's important to point out that it's not at all, Pasha, that we don't have five cups. The question of the fifth cup is a much more legitimate question than you might assume because we are so accustomed to four cups. But there are Girsos that say fifth cup. And so there are those who say the fifth cup was the Takanos Chazal. You're not used to that because you know that fourth cups. But we, but but the truth is, the fifth cup was a big shaila, and so you may have thought, well, how do we end up at the kosher Eliyahu? So Simon Wolf brings out a very very nice analysis, and in fact, he wrote an article 20 years ago. And you have to know Simon Wolf; he's a Tioni guy. He lives in a, a part of town that's very Zionistic. His children serve in the army. I mean, he's a very Zionistic individual, and yet he repeats today what he said in the article 20 years ago, which is something which I think is really interesting, which is that. In the Seder, we make no mention of Eretz Yisrael. In other words, we do say at the very end, B'Shana Babi Yerushalayim Abinuyah, but like the Nitziv said, like we've been saying until now, since this is the finale, I thought it was appropriate to bring up some of the Hashkafas again of the Seder. Nitziv says everything is Zechel Chorbon, Zechel HaMikdash, rather. Oh, so Shana Babi Yerushalayim Abinuyah is like a Zechel HaMikdash, right? We want to return to the base of Mikdash. But the idea of entering Eretz Yisrael, and you have, to, you have to search Simon Wolf and look at the article about how that's supposed to happen on Shavuos. In other words, the focus of 
Shavuos is the destination, the reception of the Torah, the entrance into Eretz Yisrael. This he develops saying some, somewhere uh, that, that that's the focus of Shavuos. And you look at Rabbeinu Ginsburg Haggadah, the whole premise of Rabbeinu Ginsburg's Haggadah is this concept uh, that the Ran develops, which is that between Pesach, every holiday has its Cholomoed, and, but Shavuos doesn't have its Cholomoed, says Rabbeinu Ginsburg Shlita that the Cholomoed is between Pesach and Shavuos, that we have this continuum of the journey. Aha. But why am I saying this? Because Simon Wolf is saying that the focus of Pesach is the journey, not the destination. And that's our focus at the Seder. So it's worthwhile to mention it now <coughs> that Behold Dorvador, we know we're going to have a journey, right? So the focus is Yitzias Mitzrayim. And he brings many riots where the Haggadah purposely avoids, right, mentioning the entrance into Eretz Yisrael. We have even here parts of the Halal that mention, parts of, right, Tfilah that mention entering Eretz Yisrael get uh, truncated. We leave those out. And so he has many riots to show that we're talking about the journey not the destination, and it's appropriate because Claudius Israel through the ages, right, have been in a variety of states of Gullus, and even though, <coughs> excuse me, we are focusing on yearning for the entrance into Israel, may we be zochet l'shana babi Yerushalayim, or l'shana azos Yerushalayim very soon, right, uh, even though that's the case, the focus of the Seder is to keep us going and vibrant from year to year to year to year, and to keep us, uh, right, to keep us juiced and to keep it throughout the journey, to keep us inspired uh, and keep focused throughout the journey. So it is because of that, says Simon Wolf, that it is appropriate that we don't have the fifth cup. The fifth cup is the destination. Aha. Right? So now we're talking. The fifth cup is the destination. And the reason why we pour the cup for Elio is because we have a very strong sense of the fifth cup. But the reason why it's called the cup of Elio is not because Ramalach but the Ma'ichai and Elio comes to every bris milah and Elio is associated with the dam and the dam of the bris milah is like the dam of the carbon Pesach. Simon Wolf says, no, the cup of Elio is the destination, right? Elio Navi represents our destination. And the fifth cup represents our destination. And that's why we don't have the chiyu of the fifth cup because we're focused on the journey, not the destination, but we pour it. We simply don't drink it as a chiyuv. So that development of Simon Wolf, when I heard that, I said, I'm going, to tell, I'm going to say that over because it's a beautiful concept in terms of what to focus on the Seder. And also, people don't necessarily realize how, what the fifth cup and what the uh, Koshil Elio represents or, the fact, or how seriously the fifth cup is taken uh, by some, right, earlier um, sources, the halacha, as, as, a, as a chiyuv. Okay. So, Tanar Abonu. Revi Gomer Lav Es Halal Ve'omer Halal Gadol. So you say Halal Gadol. Diver Rebbe Tarek from Yeshorim Hashem Nori Lo Echsar. Right? Which is Rashbam. Uh, so, right, those who say that instead you say literally Tehillim Chaf Gimel, Hashem Roi Loichsar, instead of the Halal. We don't say this, obviously. But the Hashem Roi Loichsar is like Umikal Tuv, Umikal Tuv Chasreinu, right? Hashem Roi Loichsar, it's, it's uh, related to not, right, not lacking anything, and that's the Halal that we're saying to Hashem. Okay, so, Mehechan Halal Gadol, where, where, what do you mean by Halal Gadol? Like, we know what Halal means because we're used to saying Halal, but they didn't have a sitter that said Halal in the, in the table of contents. They just, they had Tehillim, right? And so, which part of Tehillim, where does it start, where does it begin? That's how we hold, right? You see Rashi, I mean, Tosos. Okay. <coughs> so, so, so he says in this, it's not part of that, uh, it's not part of that Kapitel Tehillim, but it's Kapitel Tehillim Kuth Lamed Vav, right? And we say all of that, we don't say, obviously, Naros Bavel. Naros Bavel is the next one. It's Kuf Lamed Zayim. So we say, until there. Okay, so we say, Kapitel Kuf Lamed Vav. Okay, but there are other sheets. That was Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Nomer Mishir Hamalos Anaras Bavel. That starts two Kapitel Tehillim earlier, Kuf Lamed Dalit, all the way through the end of Kuf Lamed Vav. And Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov Omer Mi Ki Yaakov Bachar Lo Ka. Okay, that's like in the middle. That's somewhere in the middle. It's in the middle, like Kuf Lamed Hey, um, right? Pasuk Dalit Anaras Bavel. That he so he has it a little bit longer. So the shortest one over here is all of Kuf Lamed Vav, and that's Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, and that's where he says we say Halal Gadol. It's a nice, it's a it's a it's a nice uh, set of Tzukim, as we know. I mean, I'm not saying. That, <laughs> I'm not making a commentary on the I'm just saying it's a good chunk of psukim over here. 
And those are considered the Halal But why? Why Halal Gadol? Says the Gemara. What is Halal Gadol referring to? So Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Shakarish Baruch Yoshev, Berumoshel Olam, Mechalak Mizonos Lachol Bria. It's a gadol because look, it makes reference to the fact that Karsh Baruch Hu is just giving everybody what they need, giving everybody what they need. Well, this we can understand, and that's why it's called Hagadol because it's referring to a Karsh Baruch Hu. This is right. We are literally sitting here in Erev Shabbos Hagadol, right? Uh, well, I guess there's a technically a question which is Shabbos Hagadol. Now this is Shabbos Hagadol because next week when you have an Erev Pesach Shachalak Liyos Shabbos, that's when we would bring the Korban Pesach. We don't call that Shabbos Hagadol, so we call this Shabbos Hagadol. So here we are, an Erev Shabbos Hagadol, talking about Halal Hagadol, and we can understand. That we, you've heard all the reasons why Shabbos Agado is called Shabbos Agado. So here when you say when you reference something that is grand, so then you call, can, can call it Hagado. So that's why it's called Halagado, because Halal, not because necessarily it's the size of Sukkim, but because it's referencing a Karshbarhu, who is Hagado with the big giant H, uh, or Hey, because he uh, is Zan Lachol. He takes care of everyone. But he's Birumo Shalolam, the heights of the universe, Hagado. Okay. Now, let's look a little bit at the Sukkim, and we'll see, uh, tease out uh, some things from each of the Sukkim. Sorry, Shubham Levi. Right, so now we're talking about the psukim. Excuse me. So he said there's 26. <coughs> Good. Your kevav k. What does it correspond to? So it corresponds to kineged esrim v'shisha doros shibara kadosh baruch hu be'olamo v'lo nasan leinot zatara v'zanos am bechasdo. That you have 26 psukim, and we reference in the psukim how much kadosh baruch hu sustains the world. And so that's an allusion to the fact that before the Torah was given, there were 26 generations. Okay, and in those 26 generations, despite the fact that they didn't have the Torah, which was the tachlas habriah. He still uh, sustained those human beings, even though they didn't have right access to the Torah. He was sustaining them despite all of that through his mercy. And so that's a reference in this 26 psukim. Um, we're not going to succeed, at least I'm not going to succeed, in getting to the real, real, you know, ben yehoyada slash maharal slash mystical uh, understanding of all of the, what the Gemara's are going to say now in, in explaining this psukim. We're going to try to, our best to say Pashup Shad here and to at least get uh, some of these messages out of it. But certainly the message out of here is <coughs> the importance of Torah, that without Torah, it's like a chesed that that that, 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 that the humanity, I should say, without the Torah, it's a chesed that humanity was even kept alive. Amazing. Okay. So Amar of Chista, Ma'ilchsev Hodu Lashem Kitov. What does it mean, Hodu Lashem Kitov? So he says, Hodu Lashem Shigove Chovasa Shel Adam Betovaso. This means like this: that when a person does an avera, Hashem has to do something. Everything is mita connected mita. Right. This is Rav Pesin in uh, <coughs> Rav Pesin in Ramapei Chemesh. Has like at this point, I think it's up to fifteen volume set. He has a Haggadah also that Rav Chaim Kanievsky loved, and he uses it. He told him, "I'm going to use it this Pesach a few years ago when he saw it." Everything is mida connected mida. Everything. Call me Joseph Shalakarshvachu. Mida connected mida. That we say. Okay. So the question is, how do you get right when when you do something that you're not supposed to do? Right. What is the consequence? It's supposed to be mida connected mida. So Akarshvachu has two options, so to speak. He has any option in the world, but. One way that you could be right, feeling consequence is with physical health. Another way that you could feel the consequence is by loss of some material wealth. So we say to Hashem, Hod Hashem Kitov, Kilam Chasdo, we thank Hashem, Shegovech Havasa Shaladam Betovaso, meaning he takes something from the material possessions of a human being instead of taking from their actual physical health. And that is something that is praiseworthy because the only thing worse than losing physical possessions and material possessions is actual health. That's the most important thing. As the Rashbam says, Betovaso, Betovashishpiola, Kitov, he does a chesed to people. That which we got as a material possession, that's like gravy, right? That's just tov. So that, the chesed that Hashem does, it's not really the Pashup Shah, what you think of when you think of the Pashup. The, um, right, the way we're explaining it now is the chesed that Hashem does is that when He takes from a person, He takes from their tov, which is to say their possessions and not from their actual physical goof. 
Right now, you could say, oh, Tov could also mean Torah, because Torah and therefore he could take from the Torah. But that's not what it means in this case. In this case, Tov is referring to material possessions, as the Gemara continues to say, Usher Bisharo. Right, if you have a rich man, so rich people own oxen, and so he'll take an ox. At Ani if you're a little bit poor and you have a lamb, take that. Yosem if you're an orphan and you're impoverished, so he'll take your egg instead of your health. And Almana Bitarnagolosa. And for a widow, you take her Tarnagol. I'm sure that if you ask for Pirchas Groshlita, he could have like a whole Mahalach as to why Dafkar Tarnagol by an Almana and Beitza by Yosem. I have no idea, but at least we can um, we can hold on to the Pashat. Like the very simple right idea here is that everyone has. Hashkacha uh, Pratis, where Kaddish Baruch is treating them with a way that is tailor-made for them, and that certainly is in, in itself a cause for inspiration and to live with Hashem each day. Okay. Now we continue with the Gemara. Rabbi Yochanan Kashim is on also shall Adam kiflayim b'keyaleda. The Gemara says it's twice as hard to make a living as it is to uh, experience childbirth. This is not uh, something that people should go home and explain to their wife if or their children or whoever is going through childbirth. This is something we kind of keep to ourselves. We have a, and, and, and is it really true? What does it exactly mean? So there is a scriptural source. The Pasuk says, the ilu dog, etzev, right? It's, it's Pasha. When it's talking to, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu cursed Adam and Chava in Gan Eden. So by the Yoleda, by Chava, he said, etzev, that she's going to have pain in childbirth. However, right? So when, it said, when he said the curse of making a living, it used a stronger word, which sounds more intense than etzev. Oh. It's even more difficult than the redemption. What's difficult about redemption? Redemption would be great. Just to know, redeeming a person, Marsha explains, from their personal suffering. That's already, right? To get out of a funk is tough, but it's even harder to get a, uh, to, to make a living. This is why Andrew has his, um, his guilt, uh, his guilt uh, initiative to try to help people make a living. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful thing in order to be able to help people with this, uh, with Amazonos, until a person can make a Parnassa, it can be very stressful and it's very, it can be very hard to focus on anything else. It's a challenge and anyone who can make a Parnassa is a big bracha because we see it's not, it's not move on may love as they say in Israel. It's not to be taken for granted. Okay. Now, by Geula it says, right? The, that he redeems me. So here you see why, right, the Marsha would say that this Geula over here is not talking about the ultimate redemption, uh, national redemption. Is a reference to like a personal, right? Every individual's personal challenges. But there's a malach that is, we have an angel watching over us to help us overcome our personal challenges. Says the Gemara, malach be'alma. That is an angel. But when it comes to making a living, we say, and we could have had a lot of psukim, right? But here we say, Hashem is the one who shepherds me, meaning he's shepherding me in order to find a parnasa is the illusion here. And it's not an angel, but it's a Karshbach himself. It's Hashem himself that helps us with our parnasa, thus illustrating that parnasa is even uh, more challenging, so to speak, uh, or we, requires more siyata than personal uh, redemption. Okay. <clears throat> now that we mention this, uh, this curse that Adam and Chavad had, the Gemara is going to talk a little bit about that topic. With respect to making a living, you might recall that Rakash Baruch Hu, as part of the curse, told him that you're going to no longer have, right, this is some, relate this back to Chet Haaretz, right? It, it, it used to be that there was no such thing as, right, there used to be Tam HaEitz Ketam HaPri, as we say, right? It used to be that everything, we discussed this already in Masechus Brachos, that everything was delicious, ready-made. Excuse me. Now we have to till the land and we have to work hard. And sometimes there's even solace. We work hard and we have residue of things, thistles, thorns, and right, and all kinds of weeds in the yard. And so that's part of the curse, that not all of our efforts will always be rewarded with immediate gratification um, when we do so. That's, that was more of a God-Eden thing, okay? When Akadosh Baruch Hu said that to Adam Rishon, Zalgo Alav in Avdmos, he started to cry, crocodile tears, flowing. He says before Hashem, What, I'm going to eat like a donkey? 
like it sounded like I'm going to start eating right thistles and thorns like a donkey, like in the weed, trying the best I can, just get whatever nutrition I can out of. He was depressed. Okay. Then came on Shamar Lobby says, Aha. Then the chef said, No, you're going to, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat bread. All Adam Arishan heard when he heard that was bread. Once he heard bread, he felt amazing. He loved that. Niskara Daito says the Gemara. He was totally relieved. Why? Because he knew that donkeys don't eat bread. Bread is something that only humans can eat, right? Because they have to process it. They have to take it and they have to right, go through all the Sidur HaSapas of Melechah Shabbos, right? In order to arrive at bread. <clears throat> so, to which, or even harder, they, during Pesach they can make matzah at, what is it, $60 a pound? Um, so, so Amr Shimon bin Lakish, so that, that according, so that's the first source that, uh, that uh, Adam Rishon was very happy to hear that bread was going to be eaten because already now he's not like a donkey. Now he's like an aristocrat. He gets to eat processed food. So Amr Shimon bin Lakish, Ashreinu imamadu bishana. Shimon bin Lakish points out something that, uh, we can relate to today. He says, wait a minute. Ghanaian would have been great. Why do we, wait a minute. Why do we need to make bread? Processed food. Right? So in other words, how fortunate if we had remained in the original state, but still, we weren't totally uh, expelled from that state because we could still eat veggies, right? The isvedadavra, the green of the field. So what Rashi and Lakish is saying, <coughs> it's true that we could eat bread, and it's true that that was a, a uh, relief to other Marishon, But don't forget about your veggies, and don't forget about whole foods. We still have a lot of organic produce that we could still eat, and so it's not too bad, even in that regard. And so maybe you could even go paleo and do very well with that as well. So. Thank you to Hashem for all of those things. That even though, again, and, and you could say, in other words, but we don't really have to process everything. We still have access to ready-made organic foods as well. So it's a double. Even when, uh, even when we did, right, we got the punishment of uh, of the expulsion. It was just like an extra, right? When you when when you receive a punishment, then then sometimes the punishment is is extreme in total. Here, even within the punishment, we're able to hold on to organic fruits. That's, that too, just like anything else, that too should not be taken for granted. It could have easily been that every morsel of nutrition that we have, we would have had to work for, as the pasuk suggests, right? So it turns out that's just like a generalized. We learn it as a generalized reference to it's going to be you know a challenge of making a living and making a parnasa. But in fact, we don't have to work you know so hard for every morsel of food. Some. Some we do, and some we don't. Some we have readily organic, and so that is a important point of Shem Ben Lakish that even that was not entirely true. That we were still retaining some of the brachas of Ganadin as well. Okay. Now getting back to making a parnasa. Amar Shishvi Mishmeder Lazav Ben Azariah. Kashim was anasa shel Adam kikriyas Yamsuf. Well, that's appropriate because we're talking about kriyas Yamsuf, and so that is a famous statement. That is, it's hard to make a living as kriyas Yamsuf. Nixiv noisin lachem lechol basar. Ha. Right. He brings bread to everyone. Smichlei legozer Yamsuf legzarim. Now it's not really the next pasuk, but within the same capital tehillim. Uh, they're both actually in Halal Hagadol, incidentally, as you might recall, it's both in Kuflam above, that they mention it in the same Kapital Telem, that Gozer Yamsuf Lixarim, Kriyas Yamsuf, and the fact that Hashem sustains us, is said in the same context, and thus we see that those are similar things, again, not to be taken for granted. We, we view Kriyas Yamsuf as the ultimate revelation of Hashem's glory in nature, uh, and yet, just the fact that we can make a living, and we can, you know, be sustained, is in itself also a glorious thing, not to be taken for granted. Beautiful. Okay, <coughs> another analogy. <laughs> this requires some explanation, but on, on the surface of it, it's constipation, that that's also like Yom Misa and like Kriyas Yamsuf, difficult. <clears throat> Those are two different things, uh, obviously. And Kriyas Yamsuf uh, is different than Yom Misa. Yom Misa is like a finale, and Kriyas Yamsuf is like uh, also like the finale, but also like the beginning of new things. It's like um, a redemption. So in in the in the uh, process of constipation, again, like you can also um, you know see analogies there, right? Um, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, all kidding aside, right? We wait for the final redemption from Mashiach, can you not see, right, the analogy between that and constipation, right? You were waiting for something, and you know that it 
ought to happen and that it will happen, and yet you wait and wait and wait, and the waiting can in fact be painful. So even though uh, it sounds um, you know, funny if you have a third grade sense of humor, the fact of the matter is, it's in the Gemara, and it actually resonates the idea of waiting and waiting and waiting, knowing that it's going to come, not knowing when it's going to come. And look at that, Kriyasi Yamsuf uh, is, 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 uh, is ahead of us. And so we should realize that even those things that we wait for, uh, painfully so, will eventually come Shanemar, because it says, and this is a question, <coughs> it's to, the, the Rishonim uh, will, will tell you whether this is an actual play on word or not, but the Pasuk is, Mihart so eli Paseach, that which is closed will be quick to open. It is already in, um, this is in Isaiah 51. Okay, so Mihart so eli Paseach, is that a play on the word soa, which, mean, right, which means excrement? Not necessarily. Some say yes, some say no. The bottom line is, it's that which is closed will be open. We'll see Basrei, and after that it says, Rogah hayom v'yemu galav. You split the sea and the waves rage. There, that, those pasukim those are, in fact, juxtaposed to each other. And so you see this idea of an opening, clo- um, closed area opening is compared to Kriyas Yamsuf, and that is the analogy there, as we've discussed. Good. Now, so now we have again juxtaposition of two psukim where we learn right something from those from those psukim. So here already we're going back into the chumash, and in the chumash it says like this: Do you remember this? This this might this might resonate. This is right right around um, right around the here. So afterwards it says that you should keep the chagamatzos. So what what's the juxtaposition here? It's that if you don't keep the moados. Right then, it's as if you are right. You are an oivet avodazar. That's how important the moados are. It's supposed to have tremendous right reverence uh, for yantiv. There's a machlokas here between the Rambam and the Rashbam. The Rashbam here says that this is talking about chol hamoed. They should take the chol hamoed very seriously. The Rambam says no. You should take each of the meals of yantiv themselves very seriously and be festive. Thus, we're not going to take any chances. We try to have a good festive time throughout yantiv and chol hamoed. But be that as it may, that's considered right having right. You're not supposed to just treat it like a regular chol certainly. And you're not supposed to treat the meal on Yantiv like a regular chol. So either way, you're supposed to treat it uh, with tremendous appreciation and reverence. And if you don't, it's like avodah zarah, right? As it says in the juxtaposition of Sukkim. Or another another thing. Right? Another thing that Rosh learned from Rabbi Lezben Azariah. Once we're already on the topic, Kol Hara. Okay. To the topic of Lashon Hara, this is actually an important source embedded in all this. Is an important source for Lashon Hara. You know, Chavetz Chaim when he wrote right Shmiras uh, Lashon when Chavetz Chaim. Um, was, was quoting all the psukim, you might recall, at the beginning of all the different right, punishments and all different sources for this idea of Lashon Hara. Because there isn't really like a, a centralized part in, uh, in Shulchan Aruch, necessarily. He, he made a Shulchan Aruch for Lashon Hara. Okay, now, and, and so it's interesting, this is one of the sources for the very important question of what is a bigger uh, problem? To say Lashon Hara or to be Mechabel Lashon Hara? So let's look inside and we'll say a little bit from Daniel Z. Feldman. Now, anybody who has not heard of Daniel Z. Feldman, I highly encourage you to look up Daniel Z. Feldman, Shlita, on Y.U. Torah. He wrote a book on Lashon Hara, okay? He gives lectures on Lashon Hara and they're fascinating, fascinating. He really, really, I mean, he's a genius and he's a tzaddik and it's amazing material about Lashon Hara and incredible insights. So first, we'll just read inside. Right, if you either say Lashon Hara or you make Kabbalah Lashon Hara. And if you're right, a false witness um, about your friend, that's an interesting Lashon. You deserve to be thrown to the dogs. Wait a minute. It says, it says that you should throw the Nevela to the Kelim. What does it have to do with anything? So it says the Gemara, Yeah, and then the next, very next passage is, You should not, right, uh, say Hashem's name in vain. And to saying it, we say not only that you should not carry it, right? But also, you should not accept it. Okay, so there is, losasi <coughs> is to, is to um, 
Losasi means to burden someone else by saying Lashon Hara. And Losisa is like to carry it, from, which is to receive Lashon Hara. So Rabbi Feldman says, based off of this, let's just first see, before you see Rabbi Feldman, see the Rashbam. HaMakabal Lashon Hara, HaMakabal Mamino Al Chavero. Interesting. And he quotes the Gemara Nida that says that if you believe it about your friend, that's interesting. You're not allowed to be Makabal Lashon Hara, but you're allowed to be Choshish for it. So for example, if somebody says, don't buy something from Henry. Henry rips everybody off. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, I'm not Makabal and buy something from Henry? No, that's the that's the Gemara Nida. You're supposed to what? So you're supposed to still be careful. So then you're Makabal Lashonar. How does this work? That's number one. Number two, Rabbi Feldman points out that it says the pasuk is Losisa, which is like the source is that you shouldn't be Makabal Lashonar. It's a good question. What is a bigger? Well, you would think that expelling Lashonar, spreading Lashonar is worse than receiving. But the pasuk talks about receiving, and then we learn a lima that it's also giving. So I'll tell you Rabbi Feldman's Mahalach in a nutshell. I mean, he gives hour-long shiurim on this, but in a nutshell, it's like this, and I think that it's brilliant. Listen, <clears throat> we don't know the reality of things, right? Even like even if Common tells me something, so uh, along the way, Common could be uh, wrong, right? Common could be mistaken about what he's saying. The reality could be different than what he was told or what he perceived. And then by the time it gets to me, the way I understood it could be different than what he said. Or what Common said could be just a partial accounting. And if I knew the entire thing, then I would see it differently. Right? All of these things we know already to be true. Oh. And yet what do we do as human beings? We take like a piece of, a, of an unsubstantiated narrative and we build, of information rather, and we build a whole narrative about it. So he'll tell me, right, Yaakov is a shyster because this, this, and this. Now it could be his facts aren't 100%, right? Could be everything, right? And yet, uh, okay. And yet, I've now developed a whole profile on Yankel, right? I told myself a whole story. Now that story, that's Kabbalah Slashnar. That's what he's saying. To, to, to make, to extrapolate a whole story out of it is Kabbalah Slashnar. So the facts, you know, if he's telling me the facts, you should know also the facts may be, like, may be correct, may be incorrect. But at the source of Lashonhara is the stories we tell of ourselves about each other, right? That, that lies at the root of Lashonhara. And therefore, it's really everything that we add into it, the baking to the Lashonhara cake, that makes it bad. So to say over facts, right? So you're told, sometimes you might be familiar in school, it's like, oh, if it's true, it's Lashonhara. And then if it's not true, it's Moti Shemra. That may be true. But for example, Tzom Gedalia, right? Gedalia is actually criticized because they told him, you're going to get killed. And he's like, I'm not Makabal. I'm not Makabal Lashonar. He was criticized for that because he should have been Nizar. This is what we're referring to in, in the Gemara Nida. But that's, that, that's an important idea that we're allowed to talk about reality and we're allowed to accept real facts. And that's not called Kabbalah Lashonar. Just to know facts and to accept or to, or to dispense facts. If, you know, if you, there are things that are out there that are dangerous. And so we're allowed to warn each other about it. We're allowed to try to, right, help everybody you know, as best we can navigate through life, right, and navigate through the human experience. The essence of Lashonhara, what we're not allowed to do, is to jump to conclusions and develop these narratives that we tend to do and to, and to make assumptions about people as we tend to do. And so that's as applicable, if not more so, to the way people receive the Lashonhara as it is to giving over of the information. So that is a beautiful development, a very short uh, synopsis. Uh, I highly encourage, and this is, this Gemara is actually, um, the way it's structured is the source of this idea of Lashonhara. So we were Zohar, we would be Zohar to, uh, to only make, to only come to narratives that are, uh, that are pure and true and to see, because the Baruch is Emes, right? That's what it means, that he, Hashem Echad and Hashem is Emes. Because Hashem, with all the perspectives taken into consideration, that only Hashem has, and, and that is the only true MS, we realize that we fall short of that, and therefore we should always be down the and not create crazy narratives in our head, and Bezat Hashem will be zochet to see the MS Bekara. Um, okay. Now, going back, we're going to try to do, go, go through as many of the psukim as we can of the Hala. We have five minutes left. I didn't, never thought we'd get to the end of Kofi Ches, but we'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn some of these psukim. So, going back, why do we, since we have, now that we, we know that this idea of halal which is great, why do we say this half halal? Okay, so 
Um, so says the Gemara. You might say, say the, the the famous thing that we say, "Maisa Yada Tavu Bayam," and I'm going to say "Halal," right? You might recall that that Akash Baruch Hu says that um, because of the fact that human beings were killed in Yisus Mitzrayim. That's what we say, but that doesn't come up yet. No, it doesn't come up in Kufiyat Ches. Anyways, so the first thing we say is "Mishum Sheish Bachamish Advarim Halalu." We we say this. We we recite the standard Halal, right? Uh, in, instead of the Halal Hagadol, because the standard Halal has a lot of themes that we want to touch on. For example, the following five themes: Yisus Mitzrayim. That's a good one. Kriyas Yamsuf, certainly appropriate. Matan Torah, the ultimate destination. Kriyas Mesim, nobody's complaining about that. The Chavlosh and Mashiach, and also Mashiach. Where is all this alluded to in, in that halal? It's Yisrael Mitzrayim, that's Yisrael Mitzrayim. We remember that. Kriyas Yamsuf, that's Hayam Ra'av Yanos. That's a reference to Kriyas Yamsuf, that the sea saw and split. Matan Torah, that's Yisrael Mitzrayim. Uh-huh. The, the mountains dancing, right? Because we know that when Hashem wanted to give the Torah, the mountains danced in trying to be the one to receive the Torah, and that's and Hashem picked the most humble one, Har Sinai. And so that's a reference to the Torah. You will recall all of this from Hallel, that we walk before Hashem in the land of the living. So that's Not for our sake. That's a little bit of a stretch. What does this mean? So it basically means that it's not, right? These are all things that are beyond our immediate experience. So it's not for now, it's not for the here and now, but it's for the future. So that could be referring to Chavosh Mashiach. It could be talking to something that's very similar to Chavosh Mashiach, which is the subjugation of all the kingdoms, right? It's something also beyond our experience. Right? All kinds of like similar futuristic things that's not for us, not for now, but God willing will be uh, in our immediate experience, okay? Another reason given in the Gemara for saying the regular, more themes. Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem, finishing with Sechas Pesachim, with reference to our valedictorian of Sechim, says, Because the regular Hallel that we say has a reference to escaping the uh, Gehenna, which is always a good thing. Save my soul, okay? Because it mentions going to the Chifshan nation and, and rising from it. That actually is referring to a descent. How is it referring to a descent into... Because that's what the that's that's the prayer, right? Um, of Hananiah, Michal, and Azariah, right? The a reference to the last of the Nevi'im when Nebuchadnezzar wanted to throw him, and we mentioned this with the frogs, right? That the Kalvachomir of the frogs, that they said they went down into the furnace. We should go down into the furnace and, and jump into the furnace. Um, uh, also, the Mesiris Nefesh, right? Um, for the sake of Karshbarku, we mentioned that was that I think that was in Sechah Shabbos. Anyway, we talked about this already. Um, so you doesn't dechseve lo lanu shem lo lanu. Amar Chananya. So now we're going to talk about Chananya Mishael and Azaria. So there, Amar Chananya kiloshim chaten kavod, and then they basically quoted the pasuk one by one. Amar Mishael al chastacha al mitecha, and Amar Azaria la ma yomer agoyim amar kulan. Right? Why should they all say? So he says al yasam mekivshen eish dechseve halalu es Hashem kol goyim. Amar Chananya shabchu kol haumim. Amar Mishael ki gavar leinu chasdo. Amar Azaria veemes Hashem lo lam haluga, and Amar kulan veyesh omrim. So some say that they all said as they jumped into the furnace. Some say that that last passage was said by Gavriel. Why would that possibly be said by Gavriel? Says the, says the Gemara, a story. Right, whenever you're talking about throwing, growing into, jumping into the furnace, you have to talk about the frogs, you, talk, you have to talk about Hanani Mishael of Azariah, and you have to talk about Avram Avinu. So uh, famously, Nimrod throws him into the Kishon Eish. So the Malach Gavriel was there, and he said, Can we save him, please? Yeah, I know you want to go save him, but I'm going to go save him. He is singularly unique in earth. I'm singularly unique in the heavens. It would be appropriate for me to save him. So that's where he says, since it's an, again, an idea of nothing gets lost, no tefillah, no attempt. Whenever you attempt to do something good, no chesed, nothing gets unseen and unaccounted for by Kaddish Baruch Hu. And for that, he rewarded the Malach Gavriel, who wanted to save Avram Avinu. Anytime you have any pure good um, 
altruistic thought, just know Hashem is aware of it and, so, and, and Hashem rewards for it. And for that, Gabriel was rewarded for saving these three Bnei Banov. And perhaps with that uh, would be an appropriate way to say um, may all of our efforts be rewarded. Uh, the effort of learning Masech of Sochim was truly a joy and we continue uh, and t- uh, throughout our class together. Everybody have a great Shabbos HaGadol.